This is the Without a Mic podcast. Um, today we are joined by Brittany, Spencer, and Corey. She is the other half of my other podcast, Bad Mouth Moms. She is here today, so round of applause. Hey, let's go. I've been so jealous. I'm like, I want to come on as a guest, so I'm so happy that you guys are having me on. Long overdue, yes. Corey. Long overdue. I'm so happy. Hopefully you are on more. Yeah, I would love that. I mean, I'm not as big of a movie buff as you two, but I, or TV show, but I, I would love talking. I can talk all day. You have, cer- you have certain ones that you love, though. Like the one we're going to talk about today. We are going to talk about White Lotus Season 2. Yes. And we will just be giving our take on it. Um, but first, I think Spencer has some questions for Corey. Okay. Let's yes. Go. Well, first, because I, I asked Corey this literally two minutes ago, so I'll, I'll give her kind of a second to marinate her thought on what I asked I her. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I asked Corey, what is her hottest movie and or TV take? And so I want to hear what, what okay. you have. Maybe hottest take I don't have. <laughs> I was thinking about something I didn't <laughs> like. <laughs> you were thinking about, I was thinking, okay. What don't I you like? My controversial thing. I was like, what don't I like? Um, I'm such like a <laughs> mid person. Like I'm not really like, oh, I love this or I hate this. But freaking the Fast and Furious movies, we stop gone after movie one. Like stop. Okay, okay, that's that's not a hot take. That's a good take. So, okay. That's a good take. How dare you? I feel like that's so controversial. Do you like those movies, Brittany? Love that. I, d- I I love those movies as like what they are. I take them for what they are. The, you know, not realistic, the one-liners. Fast Five is incredible. If you watch that, those one-liners that The Rock does, it's unmatched. It's so good. I think the first and second one are pretty good. And then after that, there's just like, I don't know, there's some bits and pieces that are very enjoyable. But for the most part, I mean, they went to space in the last movie. They literally made a rocket ship out of a car and went to space. You can't tell me that's enjoyable. That's why it's hilarious, because it's like, it's not realistic at all. Or when he catches her and lands on the semi-truck and doesn't die, I'm like, oh, stop, stop. I think that's my thing, like, hot take, like, stuff that's, like, unrealistic, I just look at him like, like, horror movies, I like some that are, like, more suspenseful, but, like, the fake blood and stuff, I'm like, who, like, this is not. Did you like any horror films this year? No. Okay, that's, hey, that's fair. Halloween? I did not watch Halloween. I do you didn't watch Barbarian either, no, huh? I seen it. You gotta watch Barbarian. I've, I've heard mixed That's my favorite horror one. movie of the year. That one's good? It's a good. Okay. It's good. Well, I think I think a lot of people don't like Barbarian because it does have a change of tone. It's not just complete suspense. Like it, it includes quite the yeah. big comedy tone throughout it. And I think people feel a little uneasy. They're like, I want straight horror. I don't need comedy. comedy but I liked it. it. I thought it was rejuvenating. Yeah. Yeah. I I liked it because it was like almost like two different movies. I was like, oh I my gosh! Like and then he came in, and I was like, I love like multiple. Like, yeah, it keeps me on my toes. Um, yep. Halloween was probably one of the first scary movies that I watched, like the first one that I was like, this is scary. Like because I feel like it could be realistic, and that really like gets me like scared. Yeah. And so I like Halloween for that aspect. I, I'm a huge true crime. I love true crime. I love anything suspenseful that will keep me guessing and having questions. You liked Dahmer this I year. I liked Dahmer. I watched that. It was really good. Nice. Yeah. So, and that's why I really like White Lotus, too, because I feel like I always was trying to guess what was going to happen next, who was, you know, like, so those are my favorite types. Um, I love, like, sappy movies, too, like, ones that, like, make you cry and, ca- like, tug on your heart. Like, 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 just straight romance or, like, rom-coms like rom-com. or? I have to have, like, a little bit of fun. Like, okay. Sometimes, like, straight romance. I'm like, this is unrealistic. 
Like, unreal. I can't do, like, the unrealistic. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, like. Corey's like, I'm married. I have kids. This is not real. Yeah, okay. Like, this is not <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. Like, she doesn't have time for that. <laughs> All right, before we we before we dump or jump into White Lotus season two, I got to ask you, what is your favorite movie of all time, or what movie do you connect with the most, or what do you enjoy the most? Um, I don't even think. Oh, okay. So this is gonna be like, um, my favorite movie of all time is a comedy. It's Hot Chick with Rob Schneider. Okay. <laughs> I over and over again. I can quote every single line. Like I love that movie. That's the one where he's he's essentially a high school girl, right? Yes, yeah. And like he, like, yeah, that movie's great. Yeah, that so movie's good. great. Like, it's just, like dumb comedy. Like I just like I love that too. So that's vintage Rob Schneider yes. and so literally at his best. Yeah. Um, Hot chick, the animal, kind of these weird movies with Rob Schneider. Even like the Benchwarmers, which isn't, isn't like super OG. Or, no, that's Mike Myers. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not a big um, Mike Myers fan. But. He didn't have that many, he didn't have that many, like, solo movies either, I feel like. He was always Adam Sandler's sidekick. It's so funny because yeah. I feel like I'm, like, not on that level like you guys are. Because, like, me and Brittany, I know you guys are probably going to talk about Avatar, but we went and saw it. And she's sitting there like... What are your thoughts? She's sitting there like, wow, this cinematic James Cameron. And I'm like, I, this movie's <laughs> just cool to me. Like, I just, I don't know, I don't... Like, There's I, nothing wrong with I that. I pay attention to, like, like how much work is put into it i don't like have a movie where like wow i really appreciate that i do appreciate avatar it was amazing but yeah i'm just very much like oh that made me feel good it made me laugh i like it can i say though Corey is my favorite person to go to a movie with so far because she leans over and says like little things and i'm like oh yeah and i can lean over and talk to her and i don't feel like i'm interrupting or bothering and there's some people you can't do that with yeah. you know where you're like did you see that like so me and her we just kind of were like talking and yeah i would just be like i trust james cameron i randomly would say that throughout the film and she's like she's like i don't care and i'm like we just kind of trust him for it. She's, yeah. she's like, okay, like, but we both gave it an eight. Corey gave it an eight too, because I gave it an I eight, was, and you gave it an eight. I was gonna give it a seven. Mm-hmm. And See, she's just like how I said. I just like it was incredible. Like the it was beautiful. It was a beautiful movie, and I couldn't give it a any lower than an eight. That's Less than an eight. Yeah, crazy. But see, but to to Corey's point, Brittany, she didn't say she could have, but she didn't say because it's Avatar. I'm just gonna give it a higher rating. I'm like, what does that even mean? Because it's Avatar. Hey, everybody's gonna hear my reasonings. I gave you my reasoning. No, I will say that's that's the fun part about movies and TV. It's all subjective. Everybody has an opinion that will always be different from somebody else. I love that. And so that's what makes it a fun conversation. And just because you don't, just because you're not like a what? What do you? What did you say to us? We're not. Professionals, you, professional movie watchers. We're not, okay, we're not professionals either. Just because you're not like a movie person very much doesn't mean you don't have any opinion. So we're happy to have you here, <laughs> and we're happy to talk about White Lotus season two. Okay, so I'm going to talk about. Well, Spencer, do you want to do the synopsis first? Yeah, let's jump into okay. the synopsis. Let's get let's kind of get a little uh, ground going here. So the synopsis, and this is for both, or just kind of the series as a whole, because it is an anthology series that might change. It's a half anthology series. I can't which, even believe it. By the way, for anybody who didn't, who doesn't know anthology, all that really means, it's like American Horror Story. They reset the story every season, so that way you have a fresh set of characters. Um, same vibe, but it's always going to be a different story. So the synopsis reads, The White Lotus is an American black comedy drama anthology television series created by Mike White for HBO. It follows the guests and employees of the fictional White Lotus resort chain 
whose stay is affected by their various psychosocial dysfunctions. So the director of the show is Mike White, otherwise known as the real Mr. Schneebly from School of Rock. So if you've ever seen School of Rock, he is not Jack Black. He's the actual Ned Schneebly. Um, starring Jennifer Coolidge, Tom Hollander, not Tom Holland, Tom Hollander, uh, Aubrey Plaza, Megan Fay, Theo Jones, so many different people. Brittany and I were talking about this. There's like almost like 50 different names we could have put on this list. But season one has six episodes. Season two has seven episodes. I know we're predominantly talking about season two tonight. But uh, rated TVMA, and they're about an hour long per episode. They vary, but... What do you guys think? What are our first initial thoughts on White Lotus season two? Nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. Oh, we usually wait till the end, but she's going in. It was nine out of ten for her. <laughs> wait, Corey, talk to me. Talk to me. Tell me. Yeah, tell me. Tell me your thoughts. So look forward to watching it every Sunday. It's one of those series that I was like, I can't wait until this certain time of the day that I can watch the show and figure out what ha- what happens next. And I love that there was multiple storylines throughout. The- I think I could have done without one storyline and it was probably Jennifer Coolidge's, her storyline. But I was like, I'm holding off until the end. Like, I know it's going to come together somehow. I just love like trying to guess with my husband we watch it together and I'm like we're all both trying to guess like who it could be who could it be or what's going to happen next or I can't believe that actually happened did that actually happen we still don't know and so I just like love that about the show great yeah, point I really really loved um okay I have gripes but I do I loved I loved I the show gripes. I do like the first season more though yeah. oh Green said he liked the and... season more too Oh, yeah, okay. I, do. I I like the first season more. I felt like this one took um a little it was a little slower. I felt like by episode 4, I was really like waiting for something to happen and normally I would want like something kind of big to happen in like episode 2 or 3 to keep me going because yeah. you had the big reveal episode 1, right? Like, oh my gosh, what's this is all the end goal. What's going to happen? And they find a body in the ocean. Yeah, and so I was hoping like three episode three I'd get another big reveal I feel like I didn't get another big reveal till like five or six and then I was like oh okay and I was just kind of waiting a little bit longer than I thought um my number one gripe though I need to tell you guys because I was so pissed let's hear it the foot the the foot that was found in the ocean did not have a heel on it okay there's no effing way Jennifer Coolidge's strapped high heel fell off I'm sorry no I'm so mad at that. I was like, that's, they like lied to us from the beginning. It's like, I was just so funny. I I didn't even realize that. I did. Did you? Yeah, I did. And I was so happy. Brittany had me second guessing for a second. I was like, I really think it's Jennifer Coolidge. I don't know why. I just do. And then it was. Brittany, who did you think was going to die? I thought it was Lucia the whole time. I thought it was going to be prostitutes because they've really... They weren't, they were in it and I didn't know why they were in it for a while. Right. Like they were kind of just fooling around and it it wasn't like they were being very serious. So then I was like, well, I bet something bad's going to happen to them. And it wasn't them, but I I was fully convinced it was going to be them. So the one thing that I love about White Lotus is it's very much segmented to themes. So in season one, their theme was white privilege for the, for predominantly the entire Mm -hmm. season, each each character, like group, you could say the family or the couple, it was all about kind of that white privilege and how even at the end, you know, when uh, I, I always forget the actor's name, but when he kind of gets away from 
killing the the hotel manager, you know, there's he's not extended. He doesn't stay at the hotel long to be investigated or anything. However, the guy who stole the jewelry in order to improve his life is going to get reprimanded or reprimanded. So heavily. I like that theme and then how they transition. And I don't know how I would title the theme for season two, but it showed Would it that- be like wealth? Maybe? I think it was like drugs. Because I feel like all of them. I like So the way I don't even know how to put words to this, but they used so every group that you had, right? So you had the dad, the or the, the son, the dad, and the grandpa. And then you had obviously the the four, the the group of four, and then you so Jennifer Coolidge and their characters, mm-hmm. everybody had their own groups. But what's funny is they all had characters who were like, I don't want to be this person in their same groups. They're like, I'm not this person. I don't want to be this person. And by the end, we realized that they're all the same as their corresponding groups. So as the two couples, the couple realizes that they're actually more like them than they realize. Jennifer Coolidge and her assistant, her assistant realizes that she's more like Jennifer Coolidge than she realizes. And then you have the son who's literally the dad, who's literally the grandpa. And they'd realize that at the end because they all do the same thing without realizing it. And I really like that. I like that they just like made people become what they didn't want to become. And that was a really good theme to me. I felt like that drew a lot of like, blown like, right I, now. Like, this is where I say like, I like don't look into it that deep, but you're like saying this. I'm like, yes, that makes so much sense. I'm like, there was so much drugs. In Definitely a lot of drugs. She said drugs. <laughs> It is true, though. Like, there was a lot of drugs, and there was a lot of prostitution, and there was there was drugs, and there was a lot of wealth issues. I mean, Ethan got rich, and um, his friend—I don't, Theo James, what's his name in the show? Cameron, he's already rich, right? So they're like, and then you go to Portia. She's not rich at all, but she's working for this woman that has half a billion dollars. And then you have the dad who's a Hollywood big shot. And um, he can just give out 50K for fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So I feel like wealth was a big thing, especially when those, um, the 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 gay guys came into the situation because i don't even remember their name she just kept referring to them as the gays and um especially when they got involved i was like wow to have like this much money is not all that it's cracked up to be no not at all and it's funny i mean not funny it's in like intriguing to me that you guys both love see or Brittany and your husband Corey both love season one better right i I mean did you like season season one better better. i like season two better okay I loved season two. I thought season two took up a whole nother notch. And mainly yeah. because in season one, I felt like the story arcs were like kind of weak, but the character arcs were good. Like I liked seeing the son in season one, like become better than just sitting in the closet playing video games and like yeah. Sydney Sweeney's character and everybody else. Like there was, there's was really good character arcs, but the story felt a little like, eh. Whereas this one, like the finale just slapped me in the face because they put so much time into investing these characters and their stories and how they intertwine with each other. And to your point, Brittany, I think there's going to be a side of like the audiences who don't like that. They're like, hey, give me something quickly or at least quicker than what Mm -hmm. you did. And then there will be another side of the audience, which I think I side with a little bit more where it's like, hey, take as much time as you need, as long as it's preparing me for something that's going to blow my mind, which in my opinion, it did. And I'm so happy they went the route that they did by killing off Jennifer Coolidge's character 
because you never expected that. I mean, Corey did, but most people didn't. So <laughs> I was saying, I do not like her storyline. Her storyline is boring. I don't want to see it anymore. Like I'm not having a good time. So it better be her at the end. Let's something crazy better happen because I'm bored, you know? And then it did. So yeah. it made it that it made it better for me to see all of that. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Why all this, I was showing me everything else because I had to get to this point. I will say I also feel like I had a, bad taste in my mouth when um i found out that jennifer coolidge was returning as the same character because if i was an emmy if i was in the emmys and you and white lotus swept everybody we already talked about this before as an anthology series and you're going to come back and do a season two technically i didn't like it That's happened be before, though. i was like I thought that they were going to, I thought she was going to come back, her and Greg were going to come back as different people. And it would be like yeah. an American horror situation where Sarah Paulson comes back as other characters. Like I really thought they were going to redo it, but they didn't. So it was kind of like, mm. and I'm not saying it's never been done before, but I was also like, dang, I was expecting that. A whole new yeah, no, that's and, fair. Yeah. yeah, I was that's expecting fair. a whole new everything. And I was expecting like the White Lotus. I was really expecting it to be like a hotel thing because that's what it is, right? It was the White Lotus and hawaii this one's in italy so i was kind of expecting it to be like all and i we're gonna get that right we're gonna get like new white lotuses all over the world probably is what it's gonna turn out to be but i just thought it would be different characters well what's what funny it was season is, one. but so mike white the the writer and director he had no writer's room which typically a lot of shows have writer's rooms where they'll have four five six seven different writers to really come together and plan out an entire season, which is what they're doing with Stranger Things. They had a writer's room in August. They planned out an entire season. Whereas Mike White, for the first season, he had no writer's room. He wrote the entire season himself. And and he literally did not plan on having any other seasons. And then HBO renewed and said, hey, we're going to add more to this. Can you do it? And obviously, if you're Mike White, you're not going to say no to that. So I think they really fiddled with that line a little bit where it was originally created to just be a standalone one-off limited, limited series limited and now series. Mm -hmm. and now they're like well if we're gonna keep making them we gotta stay in that limited realm so we'll make it an anthology series we'll 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 make it as much of a limited as we possibly can and for season two in my opinion you see the quality because they do have a writer's room they had writers involved in instead of just mike white which added just to like i don't know this the cinematography is stunning. I mean, it is Italy, so Italy's not hard to work yeah. with, but it's amazing. Oh it's my gosh, so amazing. Every, every clip of the ocean waves, I was like, oh my gosh, I want to be there. I love it. Like, and especially when they do the dramatic scenes and then they cut to the ocean slamming, the waves slamming against the cliffs. Like it really built your like the energy, you know, you're like, Oh my gosh, what's going on. And it, it moves so quickly. It was really awesome. Um, Mike white, by the way, he was a contestant on survivor before all of this. I didn't know if you guys knew that. I did not know uh, that. He loved it. He was just a, literally just a contestant on survivor. And now he's making <laughs> white Lotus. So it's really, really cool that you could just like, like people are mind blown by that. And I, I it's really cool. So um, I want to ask you guys, what was your guys' favorite group? Like the dynamic in White Lotus. Which one was your guys' favorite story to follow? Which one was your least favorite? Ooh, Cora, do you want to go first? I don't really have a favorite. It, like, changed throughout me watching it because at first I was like, oh, Cameron's going to be a scumbag, right? And then she goes on to tell the story about how she had a C-section. He starts crying, and he was like, I just love you. I was like, wow, they're 
so in love. They just love. I think I love them as a couple. And then he's a freaking scumbag. And I'm like, fuck. And so so I just don't, I never, I don't really have a favorite storyline. I felt terrible for um, the son from the dad. Albie. Albie, or is that his name? Albie. I felt awful for him, but he also kind of gave me like the creeps a little bit. I was like, you're being a little pushy, but he was a little yeah, like, creepy it, i felt so bad family like you can tell like it was <laughs> yeah. family and i thought i liked the assistant for a little bit and then when she kind of dipped on albie i was like big mistake and i, I was like she's the worst yeah. i it yeah. just changed up the whole time i didn't have a favorite character line what about you guys Brittany, what about you i think my favorite okay my favorite was the lucia story just she really fascinated me at the beginning I didn't really care for her very much but then after I was like you know what I really am like I'm invested in this character I wasn't really invested in her friend Mia but I was really invested in Lucia especially when she started to be with Albie and then the one that I didn't even want on my screen anymore was Portia and that British guy (laughs) I was like I don't even want I'm so I'm so annoyed I was like so annoyed and he was like the basic like you know bad boy but like also dumb as rocks like also scumbag and i just was like i don't know what she's doing it's being it's it's a little weird i totally thought that whole situation was going to be like a sex trafficking situation i was like genuinely scared i was like oh please don't please don't lead me this way it was going to be until he let her leave to the airport because because he was like we cannot mess with these people go i I almost think she he was just going to like take her to get her killed like i don't know if it was maybe it was that i don't know that's a good question um remember he gets out and he like he like makes her leave and then he's like he throws her phone out at the very end but he's like trust me go get on that plane do not go back to the hotel these people are very scary and very dangerous yeah so i don't know it's interesting i i don't know who who did i like the most i felt like i was most invested in both the like father the grandpa father son and the like four so the duo or the like the couples because they they just had kind of more relatable aspects going on like relationships and obviously like arguments and comparison and those are things that i just think anybody relates to whereas jennifer coolidge is such an interesting character she's not i don't she's not very relatable (laughs) she's just almost like in this series because she's jennifer coolidge say, but she's not in this series because she's like good for that she, part. i feel like she it, it's just the weird same character in a lot of her all like basically yeah. all of her shows so she's like just jennifer coolidge in this to me like i'm like and that's what people love about yeah. her i mean i loved yeah. it that's what people love yeah. about her i agree though i don't think she's relatable in really any sense to be like you know i just i don't i don't see it either I think one of my biggest pros was the casting choices, but I will say Mia, the friend and the British kid were probably like two of the most miscast people. They just didn't fit. Like, I think Mia was so miscast. Yes. Oh my gosh. I agree completely. Yeah. I just, she didn't thought, fit like Lucia's she vibe. Like, it was so awkward. Yeah. yeah. No, she did not. And then her she, voice and then is she, phenomenal. When she, when if that's her voice. More, yeah. When she became a more confident prostitute, still wasn't, I still wasn't like, you know what I mean? Like, give you like, yeah. she was, I wasn't getting any prostitute <laughs> vibes and I didn't think that she I was, I mean, you know. connection either, like her and Lucia, I didn't think their connection was like best friend. Like it didn't feel like that to me. It was like, I don't know. It felt like she picked her up off the street and then like just yeah. 
decided to go to a hotel together. It didn't seem, yeah, yeah it can, didn't seem. Can we right. address the fact that the characters and them being substantially different from the characters in the first one was absolutely brilliant? Like there was no similarities. Yeah. Like the hotel manager even was like, you love him in the first one for the longest time. And then obviously things happen. Whereas in the second one, they blatantly make you not like the hotel manager, but then you start empathizing with her heavily. And then you start liking her and you want things to work out. And you're like, Mike, you know how to draw up these characters. You are really good at drawing up each character, their own character arcs, and then intertwining them with the others that are involved. I just thought that that was impressive. I thought I was going to get kind of a similar character vibe with all of these characters, but they are so different. I just think there's so there's so many ways to go when you have a hotel, right? Like there's so many different walks of life that are going. You could do anniversaries, which we saw in the first one. You could do a family trip. You could do a couple's fun friend trip. You like know a, what I mean? Like there's just so much to go see, into. Like, a girls trip next time, or like a bachelor, like a bachelorette, party, yeah, like a bachelorette party or something. That would be kind of cool to see, like in there. So they have so many. It would be really cool with the show to make it great, and I'm really excited for season three. Like, okay, I need to ask you guys a question. Because Brayden and I fought over this the whole time. Did Ethan cheat, yes or no? Yes. Yep, he did. <laughs> Corey and I are both like, okay, I think yes, but would I be mad? No. He cheated, yes, but would I be mad? Not that mad. Why? And deep conversations. Because... I know that's not his character. It was all Cameron and his dumbass doing it. And two, as soon as there was a kiss, oh, he literally oh, wait, immediately whoa, 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 whoa. stopped it. Are we are we talking about with the with the prostitutes? I thought we were talking about the end with Megan Faye's character. No, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, I'm I de- talking about the prostitute. Oh, okay, no, 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 because that he he took control of that situation. He said, "Hey, exactly, whoa, 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 right? like, yeah, no, no, okay, yes, I okay." Think the second Cameron called the prostitutes over, he should have been like, "Okay, I'm calling." I agree. Back. And then went to bed. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. But that's also, a good point. She, he was trying to keep up. Yeah. He was trying to impress Cameron. I get why he did it, which is why I don't think he necessarily like cheated. Now, at the very end, when they do a wife switch. Oh, okay. Let's talk about this, too. Did Cameron and uh, Aubrey Plaza's character, did they go all the way? I, and that's where I don't, you just don't know. They never said. I think she was. 100%. I, well, I no, was no, so here's what I think with that. I think she, I don't think they did. I actually think she said the truth, but I think that led her husband to then get with Megan Faye's character and actually do more than what Aubrey Plaza did mm-hmm. with Cameron. So yeah. I think that it was kind of a twist in like psychological behavior and like reactions because she was very upfront. She was happy, but she was like also upfront, like, okay, this happened. And she was like very real about it. And then he was super like, anxiety driven until he went to the island with Megan Faye's character and now he's Cameron 2.0 when he comes back and he feels confident and he feels good and he's a mystery and so I don't know I I don't think they did I don't think they went that far to be honest I I really think she could have she could have been messing with I really thought that she was just going to be messing with Ethan right I thought she was just gonna because she asked Ethan so many times what happened what happened he lied he lied he lied then he finally told her now she's like well then why didn't you just tell me in the beginning I don't really know if I believe you so I thought she was gonna do that with the OJ with Cameron I thought she was gonna you know make it be a mystery right lock the door be like I don't know why it's locked and then kind of, you know, I never thought she would confess. I really thought it was going to be like a, she was just messing with him type thing. But then it took a total turn when they do the wife swap. <laughs> it was a complete turn. Yeah. 
Just it, like um, they they break a lot of barriers with what they're doing in the show. It, honestly, in ways that like you would imagine as a viewer, like you're like, oh, they that this is probably going to happen with these guys. And then Mike White says, yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to write that to happen, and I'm going to kind of please audiences in the most like dark comedy way possible. And I I like that. I like that he kind of allows you to feel connected because you imagine those things are going to happen and then they do happen. And you're like, oh my God, it actually did happen. And you're kind of shocked by that. It's a shock value. And there's a lot of smart, like little Easter eggs that he puts in there that I didn't catch until I would see it on TikTok or something. Because I was like, wow, Um, there's one part where Daphne, she's talking about how she deals with the cheating and she cheats herself with her trainer who has wild wise wild and then and then she goes do you want to see a picture and aubrey plaza says yes and she turns her phone and it's her kids and the kids have blonde hair blue eyes and aubrey plaza goes oh that's a picture of your kids and she goes oh oh i'll show you another time at first i was like what okay but i'm I, i said i know there's something to that but i don't know what like i didn't get it right away until I saw it again. And I was like, you know what? That really is genius to you showed a picture of your kids who have blonde hair, blue eyes. When Cameron's this tall, dark, handsome, brown haired, brown eyed man. It was just, my job was, was on really the floor. Cool Easter egg that they put my in job was straight up on the floor. It's really smart. So wild. I love it that. It is very smart when they do that. Yeah. What do you guys, that's why I like it so much. Are you guys pro or get, cause I, for some weird reason, I feel like there's kind of a, a conflict or like a controversy like situation with the score. Are you guys pro their like ominous like score, their ominous music that they use? Or are you kind of like, yo, they need to like figure that out. I love it. I think it is the, like, incredible and it adds to everything. The intro. Yeah. The, the, like the, and the music behind it. Like when they, like when tensions building up, they oh, use music yeah. or the, when they're showing the cinematography, there's like music. I like it. I like it when it's matched with the cinematography. Um, I didn't ever have a problem with it, but I especially liked it when it was like matched with kind of the ambience of what was going on. What about yeah, you, Corey? I, agree. I, I don't know. I like when uh, like the music makes me feel it more, I think. So I really like when like there's a music to a dramatic scene or something like that. So, so, so what are we hoping for season three? That's what I want to know. What I was, are we I was literally going to ask that. Yeah. I was like, okay, <laughs> I think I have an idea of where they're going to take it to be completely honest. Okay, um, I want to hear it. I don't know the you theme. They're going to take someone and go again. Like, are they going to do that again where they take one of them I think, to another White Lotus like they did with Jennifer Coolidge? I think Greg is still going to be in the background. I think his character has a lot of unanswered questions, um, especially considering the ending and of season two. And a lot of money two. now. And a lot of money now. And so I think that he's going to be involved on a very small but, like, secretive kind of low-key scale. But I think something's going to – I think it's going to go to Asia. I think they're going to take part in Asia and have a White Lotus. Wow. And in, in, with, like, sick. some different theme that's – completely different than what we've experienced so far it would be beautiful if they did that there like it would just be so incredible um yeah i don't know if they're gonna take anybody from this cast and go over maybe greg um they might just leave it i'm not sure if they were gonna follow anybody though i think it would be cool to follow like albie and that family again just because i really liked the grandpa he was so funny and it'd be cool if we saw it was a cool dynamic mother-daughter side of that like, say the mom and the daughter went on a vacation. Oh, that would be like, very interesting. I would like that. Yeah. 
That'd be cool. Yeah, that would be really cool. And I just hope that um, they keep doing these star-studded casts because season one they had Connie Britton, they had Sydney Sweeney, they had a it. bunch of people. Jennifer, yeah, they had Jennifer Coolidge in it, but they had a bunch of people, and I want more of that. I love a star-studded cast. We've talked about that there's pros and cons to it, but personally me, I really liked it. I mean, I like it when they all get to And especially because I trust the White Lotus script, I think that they'll do it right. Yeah. They're, and maybe we, a little more merging. I'd like to see a little more interaction with the groups with each other. Because the only connection they really had was the prostitutes, I felt like. And so I, I was like... I, I like that. I, I, I think it adds to one, the story. In season one, they kind of like looked over at each other at dinner, right? And were like laughing, talking, and like little yeah. stuff, like little acknowledgements. I really liked that in season one. So I want a little more acknowledgement. It doesn't have to be full conversations or intertwined lives, but just a tiny bit of Okay, I'm sorry, but I have to go do mom life and pick up my daughter from dance. I'm so sorry to have to leave soon, but you guys finish this up. Thank you so much for having me on. Corey, thanks for joining us. And yes. You gave it a nine out of 10. You gave it a nine. You gave it a nine. Yo, we'll have you back on the pod again. Thanks for being an incredible mom and joining yes, us please. in a busy time. Yes, thanks guys. See ya. Bye. Bye. All right, Brittany, real quick while we're wrapping up, what would you rate season yes. two of White Lotus? And I, I will put it in my calculator. Don't worry. <laughs> I got you. Dude, I do it wrong every time, and I don't know how it's possible. You do, um, you do one okay. plus one plus one I did. divided, I did by, divided three. by three. I literally did that last time when you did our Avatar review. I did it. I got 16. I don't know how it's happening. I'm, like, so confused. I might, I'm like, I swear on my life I did that. I know how to do it, but my calculator is all messed up. <laughs> all right, so Corey um, gave it a nine. What are you giving it? I'm going to give it, I'm going to get a 7.5. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you did like the first one better. I did. What's like, okay, real quick. I know we're not spending too much more time on this, but what was your biggest, like, deterring factor to bring that down to a 7.5? I really think it was the, um, the pace of where it was going like I said I really was excited from episode one I was really excited but my excitement went down the more episodes that were going instead of like kind of being more excited until we got to about episode five then it started going back up again so when you have an hour so that's three hours in between my excitement that's three hours for me I was kind of like dang I'm really hoping this kind of picks up a little more were you so also watching it, it for me. as it was coming out each Sunday, or were you kind of like catching up? I was catching up until the last two, so I was okay. all caught up. Like I was, I was watching two at a time. So for some is, weird reason, I almost think the premiere, like watching a premiere and like seeing the recap of last week, and then like watching the live episode, I almost think that adds value to. The, your point of not being as engaged or not having as much of a like umph in the story because you, I, I agree a, completely. Yeah. If you're not, if you're watching more at a time, I think I could imagine and empathize with that. Hey, let's get it going. Like where's, when are we, when is this going to pick up? When are we going to like really move into kind of the heat of the story? So I don't know if that affects anything, but I, that's one thing that made my experience better is watching it as every Sunday night, like Corey said, at 7 p.m., we'd watch it and we'd just talk about it and we'd have really good conversations and good experience. So I think that adds to it. I definitely think White Lotus Season 3, I will be watching every week because I do agree with you that um, it's. I think it is it's also a show that 
they're giving you a lot in one episode, but it may not feel like a lot if you're looking forward to the other episode, if that makes sense. Like I was kind of like waiting for like a big shock almost and it just didn't happen. But if I was watching it week to week, I would be, you know, I think I'd be more fulfilled that way. Yeah. Now okay. it's not always like that in shows like Game of Thrones. I was fulfilled the whole time and I was binge watching. I was like watching four a night sometimes. Like that's how incredible <laughs> it was. I was. Like I'm serious. There was one night where Bray night, it was midnight and there was a part and we go, all right, we're going to have to watch it. I mean, we have to, there's nothing we can do. So we watched it, but you know what I mean? Like I, I do think, uh, I, I'm going to take that note for next, next season. Cool. So Corey gave it a nine, you gave it a 7.5. My rating was an 8.4 out of 10. So I, I really enjoyed it. I felt like for some weird reason, there were like very, very minor things that stuck out to me. Like Jennifer Coolidge, for example, she was better in this season, but she is just an interesting character that I almost feel doesn't fit in this story. And I'm glad that they introduced this weird thing with Greg to make her character more impactful. But it was really good, really enticing, probably one of the most like binge-worthy week-to-week shows that I've seen in a long time. If I were to watch it back-to-back-to-back, I think maybe I would space it out a little bit more. Like to your point, I don't know if I could go one, two, three, four, but if I'm watching it one a week, then the second one, the next week, then the third one, then I think that it becomes really binge-worthy. So our Without a Mic uh, grade is an 8.3 out of 10. So pretty close to, you know, everybody's rate. I think think that's very fair, you guys. I think think that's fair. I think that's very fair. I I stand by that. So we are uh, very happy that you joined us. Thank you so much. Yeah, in the midst of a very heavy TV year, we want to know where do you rank White Lotus? What did you think? Did you love it? Did you hate it? Did you even watch it? I mean, that's kind of the questions we have in mind. But yes, to Brittany's point, we appreciate you joining us. Roger, we missed you. We hope to see you soon, aka we will see him next week. So we will AKA see Roger watch soon. White Lotus. <laughs> yes, Rogers, aka watch White Lotus. But yes, <laughs> until next time, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye.